I know the, the kids have taken it upon themselves to have a real serious mindset at practice this week, and this comes on the heels of a win. I just think that's pretty remarkable and shows a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I agree. I like that. I, I use the term uh, win humbly, which I didn't invent. I've heard, heard somebody else say it at some time, but I think winning humbly is one of the most powerful things that a team can do, and, and I think we, we have been. To hear kids lamenting very, very small things, the, the attention to detail, I think that's kind of remarkable as well. Yeah, attention to detail and energy. I heard some of the players talking about bringing more energy. I, th- I thought that was a good sign. What comes to mind for you uh, when you think of Notre Dame? Well, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not shy about it. I've shared it with our players, too. Like, this, this to me is a storied program. BYU is, too. But this is, this is one that, you know, unless you grew up on a different, in a different continent playing a different sport or something like that, you know Notre Dame football. You watch them as a kid. They've got the television coverage. It's an amazing opportunity for our players and coaches. I'm, I'm excited about it. I expect our players should be, too. And, and I don't think we need to pretend that it's something that it's not. It's an exciting game. We used to call them red-letter games even back like when I was in high school. I don't know if people still use that term, but those games in the offseason where you would circle it or with a red pen or something, and hey, this game is going to be exciting because these guys are always good, and it's a chance to make a statement. Is it difficult to cool their jets on that kind of a stage, get them to calm down? Um, I think I think as coaches we've got to lead the way. You know, We've got to enjoy the moment and enjoy the magnitude of the moment, but uh, you know, not not uh, losing confidence in our players every time something doesn't go our way or calling the game conservatively or something like that. We've got to go out and lead the way, have fun, a lot of fun with it, and uh, be out in front. Do the guys kind of understand sort of that red-letter game type of mentality with a, a program like Notre Dame? Because, I mean, most of them probably weren't alive for, like, the Lou Holtz era yeah. and, and sort of that type of Notre Dame that yeah. we all remember here in this room. So yeah. Do you, do you have to like explain to them what they were a little bit afterwards, or do they do they all follow college football enough that they they kind of know? I think it's it's yeah it's just a really good question. It's hard to paint with a broad brush. I can remember when I was here as a player and playing Notre Dame, and there are different levels of reaction and recognition, and then there are, and there are different ones within our team now. And some guys are motivated by that type of thing. Some guys aren't. You know, for for me. Being a player who had to scrap and fight to get uh, a few uh, reps on the field, and then kind of having to scrape my way through the coaching profession, this is this is a huge moment and an exciting moment that I'm not afraid to acknowledge. But you know, I think other players and coaches they they might be better prepared just by treating it as a generic opponent. Do you expect any of the guys that didn't play against Utah State, like Malik and I think Josh Larson, some others, or any of those guys going to be able be able to play? Uh, I can speak for Malik. He's not going to quite be ready this game. I, I don't know about the other guys yet. Could Malik be a guy that, with his hand, could it like be clubbed up and still play? Or is that kind of the evaluation there? Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, you know, and for his evaluation, the the whether a club, I guess for anybody, right, whether a club is still um, playing at the level that he would want to play or need to play, and then uh, and then you know, number two, the pain management of a of a club too, even though it would protect the structure, does it? Does it protect the pain enough to, to play? Is Oldroyd going to be the starter at field goal on the field goal team? Going to keep that to myself if that's okay uh, until the game. But um, I, I can, you know, I understand your question where you're coming from, and it, it needs to be there needs to be a competition, and we have full confidence in Justin Smith. Ed, wanted to ask you about your ten of Talon Alfrey and Micah Harper. What has made them stand out here? Uh, right now, they, they're doing the, you know, those two and Ethan Slade, uh, Malik before he got hurt. Those are the guys that are tackling the best. They're playing the most physical football, and so I you know, wanted to reward that. Um, there, a little bit probably needs to be said. Talon and Micah were both, um, they were both limited. They were both hurt during training camp, and so it's not, 
it's not as if you know been dissatisfied with the play of other guys they've they've just you know it's it's a daily competition and I think as they've become more healthy they've they've come along strong Ed Eldon Tofa's been in the program a long time and I think he got in and got a sack but how gratifying was that to see a guy that's been going so long and get in there and contribute yeah so cool and and as we get to know these guys like personally over a longer period of time we it seems like the the longer they're around the more we get to know whatever uh, challenges they deal with in, in school or in life or whatever and um, you know, it's neat to see any guy that starts to make a contribution a little bit later in his career, especially Alden. He's, he's a likable leader, always got a smile for everyone. He can, he can pick up the guys around him. And so I think, I think it brings a lot to our team uh, when, when Alden steps up and makes a play. Is there a type of player that you kind of look for when you're trying to staff up? Like the non-specialist special teams players, you know, kick coverage, punt coverage, yeah, that yeah, kind of thing. Good. Guys like Carter, or like I think I saw Tanner in yeah. a game or so ago. Like, is there a type of player that you kind of look for for that type of role? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, so the the first criteria has got to be: Are they on the dress list? And, and I don't, I don't have carte blanche to just to kind of pull guys out from from red shirts and dress lists and things like that. So they they've got to fit in the two to three deep on offense and defense. And then, and then the next challenge that's become a real challenge in, in the last few years is it's now popular to have a duplicate number. So, like, everybody wants to be a single-digit number or a low-digit number. And so, numbers, yeah, and, and as you may know, you can't, you can't have two number threes on the field at the yeah. same time, right? And so now that's a new thing for a special teams coordinator is, okay, well, which players are available on the dress list and which players have a unique number, uh, at least to that particular phase that we're trying to run? And then, uh, you know... After all that, uh, what's the, I want to use a word that's okay to use at BYU. After all that junk that I have to work through, <laughs> the next thing um, is you know just blocking and tackling, like guys that are just good at the fundamental part of football, and that's that's physicality. But sure. the but the the fundamentals of blocking and tackling, I don't get to work with all these guys in my position group. So some guys have to bring that blocking and tackling skill. Special teams group has been playing the best. I think the, of late, the return games have, have played really well. Our, um, our starting kickoff has played uh, fabulously all season long. We've, we've rotated some guys in, and it's, it, there's been a detriment a couple of times on the kickoff coverage. And, uh, you know, I think our, the, the specialists themselves, our punter and, and field goal kicker, i got to get more out of those guys. They have it in them, so that's, that's really, I feel like, is, is on me right now, those failures. Have you been happy with Hobbs' judgment on, I know you like him too, Sometimes fair catch, yeah. sometimes take it, depending on trajectory. Have you been happy with his decision-making? Really well. The results of his, what, what we call, and, and what I work with him on, is expected points average. In other words, where he's fielding the ball, the type of hang time that he's seeing, and then where our return is ending up. And he's done a great job. He got us a couple out uh, last week out to the 30 and beyond and set up, uh, I think, two touchdowns in those situations. So he's making smart decisions, and he's got to be really patient. Uh, there, There's at least one where... You know, we, we had to pull it back and say that was the wrong decision. Not only was it the wrong result, result but it was the wrong decision based on hang time and placement. Have you and uh, Tuiaki maybe identified some common themes the past few weeks on, and causing the, the slow starts for the defense? Um, no. I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, get, I get the question. Um, the idea that, that the coach would cause a slow start or, or be able to do something to get around a slow start uh, is, you know, not a, not I'm not sure we're exactly going there. Not uh, a coach, but just like yeah. things you're seeing on the field. Yeah. Execution, just what's I get, causing the slow start. I get your question, yeah. Um, I think, that, like, right now, I think that our best 
guess is that we're playing very tight expecting to dominate and then it's been a little bit of a snowball effect when the other team kind of brings their best shot and they're playing BYU where we're ranked and we haven't responded to that and so you know I just talked to the whole team about that exact idea I think I think you know the, the slow start has not just happened on on defense but on offense as well and I think in the same way there's been a snowball effect back and forth you know poor field position for our offense and then not a lot of rest for our defense and so it's been a hole that we've had to dig out of each week. I think that we need to um, we need to call the game more aggressively, and I think that we need to play the game more loose. And I think those things work hand in hand. I, you know, I'm not it's not from a fan perspective. I don't think aggression is always throwing it deep. Sometimes it's running it between the tackles when the opponent knows you're going to. And same on defense. It's not always a blitzing. That is aggression, yes, just like throwing it deep is on offense. But sometimes aggression or confidence, showing confidence in the players and encouraging them to play loose is just saying, we're going to play base defense. We're going to shut these guys down in base defense. And so that's that's what I've identified yeah and outside of any conversations with our coordinators yeah fair fair question is there any change in messaging throughout the, the practice and throughout the week to get guys to play looser or does it come down to kind of like what you're saying just what you the, the trust on game day yeah we've got to lead the way you know the time to coach guys to a bloody stump is in training camp and i think we've got to bring confidence but but to be very honest it's it's tough that's a that's a role that we have to get used to uh when you talk about like being the favorite in a game and you know we've we've for so long been the hunter and and you know we so far we haven't excelled at at the team that's being hunted and so we've got to kind of rectify that make our adjustments move forward and I think I think just the way I see the game it always starts with the coaches our mindset I think the players are a reflection of the way that we treat them and so I think we need to be uh, more loose more aggressive have more fun and I I think that we're doing that I know you're not naming a starting kicker but do you have a preference of playing maybe two guys at that position, or do you want to get down to one? Or do you have a preference right now of what you see that as? So, as a coach, I look at it as our, what what is our highest potential at any given moment, and I've and I've failed in that way because I think that we can be hitting at a higher clip than we are. And so, you know, obviously, uh, like at any position, talent is a big piece of that, and that's the thing I want to start with, and that's where I want to put most of my energy. But in the end, we've got to go with with those who deliver the most often, and so we're gonna we're gonna find that out.